celebrate the small wins because it yeah. that's I think that's the key to happiness maybe because like yeah if you're gonna focus on small losses you got to be fair to yourself yeah. and focus on the small wins too so yeah and that's that's a good point I never thought about like that but I just think you know the small wins I'm realizing are just as important right you know because I mean you can come back how many small wins are you going to gain before you get that big win, you know? And it's like, if you never celebrate, I mean, you are you always going to be down? Hey, Upper Feasters, hope you're having a great week so far. In today's episode, I talk with Tiffany, the owner of Sweet Maze Cookies. It's a Cincinnati-based artisanal cookie shop. She's super nice, amazing. You ever just talk to someone and you're like, oh my God, I want you to succeed so much. Like, she's currently succeeding, she's blowing up, but I just want her to, like, really crush it because she's just really nice. Her cookies are amazing. We had a really fun chat. We talked about the best shape of french fries. She would pass on Cincinnati-style chili. She tells me how she handles negative food experiences on her food blog and Yelp. I have an unpopular food opinion this week. It's something about steaks, so make sure to tune in for that. She tells us her top three Cincinnati restaurants, her cookie business origin story. We talk about how our grandmothers uh, never measured when they cook. They're just all willy-nilly with everything. We talk about celebrating the small wins and much, much more. I hate shoestring fries, like the super small fry, not into it. How about you, shoestring fry, feast or pass? Pass, I agree. I like um, either a thick cut fry or a waffle cut oh man waffle cut is so good especially if yeah. you want to like i love munchies so i like throw some cheese on there some beef like a little nacho oh, but a waffle style yeah loaded <laughs> is the best being that you live in cincinnati i'm sure you probably love cincinnati style chili is that correct uh pass pass I- Whoa. Yeah, no. I'm from the South. So, you know, um, our chili is a little different. It's more Southern, you know, um, like your peppers, your salts, your spices. Um, that's the type of chili that I grew up on. And the funny thing is my chili, my grandmother and uh, my aunt, her sister make chili, have made chili like all my life growing up. So yeah, I'm not big on the cinnamon in the chili. That's fair. I've only had Skyline chili and what is it? Gold star or gold, gold something? Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're pass on both of those. Yeah. If, but if I <laughs> to pick I would probably go with gold star that's cool yeah I feel like that's seems for some reason it feels a little more authentic I don't know why like maybe because it's smaller I guess I don't know one more thing I wanted to ask you about the french fries power rankings of the french fries including tater tots would you say waffle fry thick fry tater tot Ooh, <laughs> I love tater tots so I'm gonna go tater tots waffle fry then thick cut fry nice I'm into it I love it <laughs> <laughs> and so you're an expert cookie maker. So this one might be a little polarizing, but okay. like a Chips Ahoy cookie, feast or pass? Oh, uh, pass. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I think Chips Ahoy's are okay. Um, I mean, you know, everybody kind of grew up on them, right? We've all had them. But um, yeah, no, if I had to pick a store-bought cookie, I would say probably the, what is it? Uh, is it? Keebler, the Kelsey, the Keebler elves. What? Say it again. I think it's Keebler, right? Keebler. Keebler. There you go. I don't know. I think I was trying to merge (laughs) Keebler and elf, but Keebler, the soft batch cookie, you know, that soft batch that they came out with. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I gravitated towards those growing up, but yeah. um, Not big on chips ahoy, but yeah. That's fair. Now, how do you feel about dipping a cookie? Like, would you dip it into milk or coffee? Um, Milk for sure. Definitely a milk girl. I'll be honest. I probably didn't start drinking coffee till maybe like a year or two ago. Um, And even then I like the fancy, you know, I like lattes or mochas, you know, I'm not really big on just 
straight coffee. I'm into it. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. Do you have any unpopular food opinions? No, because the funny thing is like, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, you know or not, but I posted it a little, you know, on Sweet Maze, but I actually um, co-run and operate a food blog, um, food and travel blog called Pursuit of Delight. So believe it or not, like I'm a huge foodie. I don't, no, I don't think I have too many unpopular food opinions. I just kind of think I like everything. I go with everything. Um, I eat a lot. So that's cool. When did you start your food blog? Um, so actually, um, I joined, it was started by my business partner that like, this is going on year four now. She started it like January, the Instagram of January of what? 2017 and then in June she started the blog and then like put the blog piece with it and then I joined shortly after the blog piece came around so um it's been four years now that we've been doing that so yeah I love it and are you do you have like a policy for example like with Upper Feast I only post kindness like if I don't like a place I don't post it so if you and mm-hmm. your friend um or business partner if you guys don't like a place would you still post the facts or would you just not post or how do you how do you handle that actually so we kind of handle our blog you know blog instagram panel the same way that you handle yours we try to keep it you know as far as the blog and the instagram panel we try to keep kindness positivity you know we try not to post any bad things or any negative reviews and exactly like you said if if there's something that we don't like we just don't post about it or won't talk about it now i absolutely love yelp now (laughs) is my place to like write a review, say how I truly feel, like say whatever I'm not going to say on the blog, you know, but still keep it professional and, you know, be mindful because I think sometimes what people kind of lose in giving their opinions is that, you know, you are talking to someone or someone's going to read this that is human just like you. So, you know, while I think being honest is great and I think we should all be honest and I think that could be helpful to a business, I think there's a difference in being honest and disrespectful. So I, I do try to be not, you know, I guess nice, but honest, you know, in a, in a mindful manner that I am, you know, somebody's going to read this. That's so important. And and plus I feel like, especially with like small businesses, they're trying their best. And and if someone dropped the ball, of course you want to be honest. And I do agree with what you said about it could potentially help the business, but some people on Yelp are just wild and they just say like the craziest (laughs) things. So I do have an unpopular food opinion. I don't let my steaks rest. Like when I grill a steak or cook a steak, I don't let it rest. I think it's made up. I I mean, if I wait like 10 minutes, it's cold. Like it might be a little juicier, but it's like, it's not hot. Like, how do you feel about Uh, that? (laughs) Well, you know, I actually guess I'm like with everybody else. Like the times that I have cooked steak at home, let it rest just because I guess that's that. Like, oh, I need to follow the rules, you know, from the beef connoisseurs, you know, they say. (laughs) let it rest but um I guess I never really thought about that because I guess it, it with beef it does cool very quickly but um yeah no I let my beef rest but then again I'll be honest I very rarely two things so I very rarely cook beef at home um steak I have but um it took me forever to master it I used to overcook beef all the time I don't know beef was just never steak was never my thing and then probably not until about maybe a year, year and a half ago that I ever started ordering steak on a menu. Like I would go to like steakhouses and order like fish or chicken. Um, My husband and I used to live right outside of DC in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And we used to go to DC all the time and we would go to some of the nice, you know, steakhouses and I would never order steak. What temperature do you go with? I do medium plus. Nice. Is that like a medium yeah. well or medium with a push? So it's yeah, medium with a push. So I, I think it's right before medium well. 
That's cool. I'm into that. Now, it seems like you, you're you from all over. You said you're from the South. You lived outside uh, D.C. and now Cincinnati. So do yeah. you have a favorite region of food or do, are they all have their own value? Definitely would have to say they all have their own value um, because I am a foodie. I appreciate, you know, different regions, different cultures. I'm not super picky, so I'm willing to try things. Now, there's some things I just absolutely don't like and I've tried them at least twice, maybe. And I'm just kind of like I can't really get with it. Um, but I, I really respect, you know, food, the culture. Um, I love Southern food, you know, um, some Midwestern things I like. Um, like I said, the chili, I can't really get into, but um, yeah, it's not too bad. Let's see. I love New Orleans style food, Creole food. That's kind of my, I love crawfish etouffee. Um, so good. Do you have a top three Cincinnati restaurants? I know it's a super hard question, but if someone were going to come to Cincinnati, do you have a top three to recommend? Gosh, yeah, I get this question a lot. And you know what? And the crazy thing is I always get stumped on it too. There's a new restaurant that just opened up called Deer Restaurant. They have like really, really amazing um, short ribs. Um, and they're probably like the, I, there was a place in uh, Fredericksburg that used to have like the best short ribs. Again, remember I told you I'm not big on beef. Um, so I would say they're pretty neck and neck. So Deer would be one. Um, and this is not in any type of order, but my I guess my top three would be Deer, Forno Osteria. It's Italian. I love Italian food. It's probably one of my top Italian places. And then I'm going to go with, I really like um, Quan Hapa. Quan Hapa. So, yeah, they're um, Asian inspired, um, Asian cuisine. So I tried to kind of pick some different things. And then I have to give, I know you said three, fourth one, my like it's street. They're not really a restaurant. They're a food truck, but Pataroja Tacos. I love their tacos. So the <laughs> I love it. Adaroha taco team. Man, I love Italian food. It's so delicious. Whenever I post anything Italian, the Italians are so like hypercritical and they're like such purists about everything. Like it's so funny. Really? So I'll tell you this because April Fool's is coming up. Like we're recording before April Fool's, but on April Fool's, I'm going to make a carbonara and I'm going to cover it in ketchup <laughs> just to oh. troll, just to troll my Italian followers. <laughs> Oh my good. Oh, they're going to be upset with you. Their heads are going to explode. I think like literally. I, yeah, they're pretty. No, I've never had. That's funny. Now I've never had any, like, well, when you say like they're super critical, like when you, cause I know you do a lot of at home cooking. So like, do they critique you a lot or give you their criticism? Is that what yeah. you mean? Yes, of course. So like I, I made chicken lemon butter and they're like, Literally that one, one dude called me a stupid American. This other dude was like my grandmother spinning in her grave, like all this stuff. And I'm like, look, man, I'm trying my best dude. Like I'm just some guy trying my best. I'm not a chef. I'm just trying. Yeah. Your food <laughs> always looks good to me, but yeah, I, I, I think I could see how they are very, they're very, you know, naturally feisty, you know, people <laughs> great, but you know, they, they don't play about their culture and their food. They do not. And then another one, this is more universally polarizing, not just with the Italians, but I posted a mac and cheese with breadcrumbs on top and the mm. internet lost their mind. Like they were like breadcrumbs, blah, 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 like just freaking out about it. I think yeah. breadcrumbs are nice. Like it, I, I can take it or leave it, but I think it's a nice little right. texture bonus. How do you feel about it? Breadcrumbs? I, I'm like you. I could take it or leave it. I don't think that that's my go-to um, on mac and cheese. I do feel like that's more of a new day and age, a modern touch to mac and cheese. You know, again, I'm from the South, so uh, everybody eats mac and cheese. That's what we grew up on. But um, I would say 
If I had to pick, probably pass on the breadcrumbs. I grew up with, you know, your mac and cheese, you mix it, and then it's just like got all the nice bubbly, gooey cheese on top. Hell yeah. <laughs> when did you start your cookie business? Like, I can't wait to talk about cookie business with you. Yeah, for sure. So we, um, believe it or not, this has been a six-year project. So we started in cookies. You know, I started, I developed practice, 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 changed paths a little bit, um, did, a, you know, some different things. And then finally last year came back to cookies. And then we decided like, hey, let's have some fun. Let's do something different. Let's do stuffed cookies. You know, um, my husband loves cookies. Cookies and brownies are his thing. And so we, we felt like that was the right thing to do because again, we started off in cookies. So we were kind of like, we felt like we were onto something, even though we kind of detoured a little bit um, throughout the six years. So we did a soft launch last July and then we officially launched September of last year. Wow. So when you, when you say you started with cookies six years ago, was it not a stuffed cookie? It was like a more traditional cookie? Correct. So it was a more traditional cookie. However, we knew that, like, I always knew I wanted a product line and my husband was always on board, you know, from the beginning, but we knew because I was from the South, I knew that I wanted something to be Southern focused and to honor my heritage, my culture, you know, where I'm from. So we knew it was going to be Southern flavors. We were just trying to figure out how we were going to incorporate them. That's great. And so when it came to like recipe creation, how did you go about that? Like, are you professionally trained like culinary school? Is it like all family-based, like practice makes perfect? Like, how did you figure out your recipes? Um, it's definitely practice makes perfect. Um, no, I'm not, you know, I don't have any culinary training. You know, I grew up in the kitchen um, with my grandmother. So I would say, you know, um, the way I like to tell it is like sweet maize dates back to my great grandmother, Fannie Mae, who is May, the sweet maize of sweet maize cookie. Um, and she basically loved to cook and bake and make, you know, great Southern meals and desserts for her family. She was a wife, you know, a mother of four. She lived on a farm and she took on that like motherly wife role. Like she didn't drive. She didn't work the farm. She did nothing but cooked all day. Like my grandmother said they had breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. And then when the grandkids came around, you know, she did that for them. And then my grandmother, she passed that love and passion of baking and cooking down to my grandmother, who in turn passed it down to me. So I grew up baking in the kitchen with my um, grandmother. And I would, you know, I like to tell people that Sweet Maze is my way of being able to express my passion for baking through every cookie that I bake. You know, my family grew up making a lot of cakes. So like Southern, different Southern cakes, you know, like carrot cake, red velvet, coconut cake, chocolate cake, lemon cakes. So my cookies are my own recipes that I developed, but kind of plays off of like my family and what I grew up eating in the South, as well as just um, things that I kind of, you know, grew to love in my 20s. Um, my, I would say, yeah, my 20s, I just turned 30, 31. But that's kind of how I came up with my flavor, you know, um, where basically my flavors were derived from, you know, things I grew up eating and then things kind of my family. It's just been in the, you know, family. So I would say definitely practice makes perfect. I practice play around with different recipes. I have tons of recipes for my families or friends of families. We tried different things. And then we decided to kind of add on the aspect of brown butter. Um, you know, it makes the cookies taste more buttery and that, you know, those little brown bits give it that, you know, emphasis, emphasis, yeah, emphasis on the buttery flavor. So that's kind of where all that came from. Wow. That's beautiful. And it sounds delicious. And like your passion is making me excited. I feel like I have to like pause the podcast and go order cookies right now. <laughs> um, yes, for sure. You know, what's funny is um, I'm sure you probably ran into this too, but like 
my grandma's a great cook, but she literally never measures anything. And like, if I ask her, she's like, some, you put in some flour, you put in, or like, if she says a cup, she doesn't mean literally a cup. She means like this one special cup that she has. So like, did she, (laughs) was that a learning curve for you? Cause I'm assuming, I don't think any granny uses like measuring really, I don't think. Yes. And that is so funny. And I'm so tickled that you say that because I'm like, okay, well, at least it's not just like my family, but yes, my actually in that, and on my website, it has a little piece about this um, Mama Clara. So she's my grandmother's grandmother. And she could, um, she made like the best homemade biscuits without using any measuring utensils. They said she would just like measure certain amounts with her hands and like her hand would be a certain and I'm like we could recreate them and you know it's exactly like what you said like it's funny how that has kind of trickled down because my grandmother sometimes will do the same thing I'm like well grandma how much of this do you put in or do that and she's like a pinch and I'm like <laughs> well what's a pinch like your pinch might be a little bigger than my pinch is that a fourth a teaspoon she's like um I don't know just <laughs> a teaspoon like you know and I'm like okay you know so it's funny because I think that just must be like a old you know um a grandma thing right they don't use any measuring utensils they just (laughs) went a little dab of this a little you know they know the base recipe but then everything else after that is just kind of whatever right of course do your friends and family try to pitch you cookie ideas friends yes family no um my family's pretty happy with um what I've come up with and you know everybody's like oh my gosh like this cookie's my favorite or that cookie's my favorite or blah 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 but yeah friends will try to kind of well maybe have you tried this And, and believe it or not it's not even super crazy ideas or things that you think like, oh, try this. But believe it or not, I don't know how many people have told me like, oh, are you going to do CBD cookies or are you going to do, you know, what about that? That and that's just, you know, nothing against it. I don't judge, but that's just kind of not really our lane. Um, so as of now, I would say we don't have plans to do CBD, but I mean, who knows in the future, if it maybe if it popped up or ever came around, who knows? We might try it, but I'd say now probably not. That's fair. Yeah, I personally, I think CBD is kind of snake oil. It's like, I, I yeah. don't know. Now, maybe if they legalized marijuana in Ohio and you wanted to have something a little more fun, maybe I'd push you right. that direction. But CBD. Right. <laughs> yeah. What was it like when you first, like when you did your launch, like, was there any challenges or any adversity that you had to overcome? Yeah, I think, you know, like with any business, you know, you always care about what people think or people, you know, is this just going to be an idea that I think is cool and popular? Are people going to buy from me? Are people, you know, so I think with any business, you go through the struggle of getting past caring about what people are going to think and just being prideful and happy about your own product and knowing that you have something or, you know, it's going to be a success just outside of your friends and family. And then we launched and it, it, you know, it, it took off and people loved the idea. People loved the um, story, the Southern focus, because of course, you know, we did bring to the table your typical cookies like chocolate chunk, white chocolate macadamia, because, you know, you want to be able to attract those people that kind of just, you know, some people are, that's just what it is. They, they like the familiarity and they just want that. They don't really want to branch out and try other things. So, you know, we didn't want to steer those people away, but um, we did want to stay true to what our brand was, which is Southern, you know, focused or Southern flavors. So I would just say really the biggest hurdle I would say is just getting started, you know, um, but believe it or not, this business got started because on the Instagram panel, I posted like, Hey, this is some fun idea I'm working on, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really go into detail or tell people really what I was doing. I just was kind of threw it out there to kind of get people's feedback and believe it or not, it attracted people. People thought it was cool. Like, Oh, what are you 
you doing? When is this going to launch? Blah, 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 blah. So that was like a month prior. And then like a month later, my first customer, um, Jenny, reached out and she said, hey, I remember that you posted these cool stuff cookies. Like whatever happened, did you start your business? If so, I'd love to purchase some for my 35th birthday. And that day my business was born because I, I got so excited and I told my husband like, oh my gosh, you know, um, we got our first customer. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I, 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 when are we starting this? And I was like, somebody just reached out and was like, hey, they want to purchase some cookies for their birthday. So I guess we're in business now. And he was just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, go for it. And from that day on, I never looked back and she became my first customer. And that's really the the jump and that jump start that we needed. Because again, that was the hurdle was, well, I have this idea, but when am I, you know, when am I going to launch it? Because I'm concerned what people are going to think. And hey, she came to us. So that's how it started. That's incredible. And a shout out Jenny. I just think it's really important to just do what you want to do, because if you worry about what people are going to think, in my experience, people are going to yeah. judge you no matter what. So you might yeah. as well just do whatever you want to do. Yep, for sure. Agreed. Was there a moment, like a turning point where you're like, oh crap, I'm really onto something. Like the first customer sounds truly amazing and had to feel good. Yeah. But was there something like, oh my God, I'm turning a corner? I would just say as sales kind of kept increasing, right? Because, you know, like you said, the first customer is always great, but then it's like, well, how many more people am I going to get? Then it was just like, you know, orders started flowing in, orders started flowing in. And I'm like, okay, I think we're doing good. You know, we've got something. And then I would say for me, the turning point would be, it was, after the launch, when we started getting corporate orders, because like I told people, like I put it out there on my website just to put it out there. Right. Because I felt like, oh, that's the right thing to do. You know, I mean, you don't really think, you know, at the time, like, oh, I'm going to get a corporate order or somebody's going to look at me to want to, you know, order a whole bunch of cookies or how are these companies even finding my page? You know, I think when I got my first inquiry about a corporate order, it was like, wow, like, oh, somebody wants to buy this amount of cookies, you know, and then all of a sudden, like corporate orders started becoming a thing and, you know, we started getting more. And then I'd say like November and December, we were slammed. Um, we were making like 300 cookies a week, you know? So in one week, I think it was like four or 500. My in-laws came up here once to help. And then my mom came up here um, another time to help. So both of like, both of our parents help us and support a lot. And they might've even been more than once, but the Netflix order was our biggest. And so I would say it was the turning point would probably be the corporate orders. That's incredible. So how did Netflix hear about you? Like that just seems so wild and like just incredible. I have no idea. And you know what? And that's funny. And you know what? I don't even ask people like, hey, how'd you hear about us? How'd... Some people will tell me like, oh, hey, we found you online or somebody that works in our company referred you or really wanted us to order from you. Because um, Heinz is also Heinz, you know, the ketchup company has ordered from us as well. So I'm not sure because it was the DVD. Have you heard of a DVD of Netflix? It's a subsidiary of Netflix. One of the they're owned by Netflix. I don't think so, but I know that back in the day you could order a DVD from Netflix. Is it, is that kind of what's going on there? I think it is. I think that's kind of like their, what they do, that, that branch of Netflix. So um, yeah, the, the DVD, you know, the subsidiary of Netflix um, reached out to us and they purchased quite a bit, like I said, 1600 cookies. So it was great. That's awesome. And so let me ask you this. Would you ever consider like trying to be like Food Network or like Cooking Show or Travel Channel or even your own show to Netflix? Have you ever thought about something like that? Yes and no, right? I think, you know, as we all watch, you know, Food Network, we all are like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool to do our own show. But I don't know. I feel like in reality, if it really happened, I don't know how I would feel about it. I feel like I have fun doing podcasts. I, I think I've had to become more comfortable because, you know, this is probably my 
third interview. Um, I did a news interview about two weeks ago. So it, at first it was a little like, oh my goodness, you know, like I was, I'm grateful for the opportunities, but I think just being on camera, talking to people, I had to kind of get over that fear, but um, I, I don't know. I don't think I'd be opposed to it, but yeah. How was the news? How was that? Like, was it a long interview or what was that like? No, it was like just, um, so we, what well, we, they have a show that's 30 minutes here called Cincy Lifestyle. And so they talk about different companies, different lifestyle, you know, com- you know, things that are going on in the city. And um, I got featured on there. So the one of the producers reached out and was like, hey, we want to feature you and your business. And I was just like, okay, cool. So we did just what we're doing now. Um, it was like a, like, and really with theirs though, it was only like three minutes. So literally it was just a three minute clip. And um, that was my feature. So yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Did you do like a fun dinner to celebrate or anything? Believe it or not, because I'm eating out so much, I, I probably did go out to eat but I don't know if I would say it was like a you know I'm always celebrating something my family and I my husband you know we always like to celebrate you know um, anything in life the small wins because now I realize you know being in business and the older you get the small wins are just as important as you know what we considered big wins you know oh my god that is incredible and it it reminds me of something um, I forget who said it but someone tweeted once they were like I don't believe in special china because every day is special so I use my fancy plates every day and I'm like that is awesome (laughs) I love that I, I like that but I I would have to agree yep I love that celebrate the small wins because it that's I think that's the key to happiness maybe because like yeah if you're going to focus on small losses you got to be fair to yourself and focus on the small wins too so yeah and that's that's a good point I never thought about like that but I just think you know the small wins I'm realizing are just as important right you know because I mean you can come back how many small wins are you going to gain before you get that big win, you know? And it's like, if you never celebrate, I mean, you are you always going to be down until you get that big win? And your big win may not come for a year or two, you know? Um, there's going to be things that you have to build up and progress to, to receive a big win. And it might be a hundred small wins before you get that big win. So I say, why not celebrate them all? Of course. And for you, what would be a big win? Like would a grocery store or maybe like, Uh, a brick and mortar store? Like, would you want to be in the grocery chains? Like what's a big win for you? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely say um, being in the grocery chains would definitely be a huge win for us. Um, As far as a brick and mortar right now, we don't um, have any plans for that. Believe it or not, our goal is not really to have a brick and mortar. We kind of would rather have just kind of like a baking warehouse where we just bake and ship to tons of stores, tons of retail outlets. Things like, think like the Mars brand, right? Like Reese's, M&M's, you know, Snickers, that, you know, um, parent company, like that's what we want to be, but of cookies, right? We want to be everywhere, everywhere you look, every shelf you turn to. I mean, you're never not going to go to a store and probably never find a Snickers. You know what I'm saying? So right. we want to kind of be like the, the Mars of cookies. I love that. That's a huge, huge lofty goal. And I think it's attainable just for any up and coming business people out there. Could you give us some steps to how you're getting closer to that goal? I would say um, perseverance, you know, keep going, you get back up, you fall, get back up and try again. Again, like I said, this wasn't something that came overnight for us. Um, It wasn't like we just said, Hey, we're going to do cookies. And we woke up and then a month later we were doing cookies. You know, again, I told you this took six years, you know, it's a six year process. There was times we hit walls 
you know, sometimes you're going to take 10 steps forward to take, you know, seven back, you know, get yourself together, find your pricing, find the right outlets, find what's going to work. So I would definitely say perseverance. I, I think that's the key. You just, you got to keep going. Don't get down. I mean, there was times even I thought like, you know, am I ever going to have a product line in stores? Am I ever going to have a product to even, you know, show people, pro, you know, just past the prototype stage. And um, it was, it was hard to see at first, but now that, you know, we're on the other side of that, I would say never give up. If it's something you truly want to do, do all your research, you know, figure out what you need to figure out about your industry, about your product, about yourself, and just keep going. That's amazing. Perseverance is very important. Now you mentioned price and your, your yeah. cookies are on the steep side. I, <laughs> I did a quick Google search. You're the same price as like Levain Bakery in, in New York City. Uh-huh. I'm not attacking you for your high price. I'm just curious, no. like, wh why is it so much? Okay, I'm going to give you the joking side and then I'll give you the, the serious. <laughs> okay. I like to joke and my friends and I joke, you know, we are a premium brand. So our, my little joke is kind of like, you know, if you think our prices are too high, you know, maybe your expectations are too low, you know, and that's just in general, you know, um, but... In all seriousness, our prices are what they are because, again, it's just my husband and I just doing it's very labor intensive. You know, initially before I was full time, I, you know, was doing this part time and my husband is still not full time. So really, I'm just the only full time employee and I don't pay myself out of the business. Neither one of our neither one of us pay ourselves out of the business. We put all the money back into the business right now. So um, we think, you know, the bigger the operation grows, you know, once hopefully we get into stores and things like that, we can hire more people and it will reduce the cost, you know, so the labor is not as, you know, intensive or it's not just falling on one person. But of course, we would definitely like to get the cost down. But um, as of right now, you know, that's what our price is for, you know, the work, the time and the ingredients that go into producing a premium, you know, product. And again, you know, we pride ourselves on our branding um, and, you know, our website, our packaging, everything, you know, has to correlate and look nice. And, you know, those things cost. So, you know, I would say we, we're not going to... For the time and the money that it takes, we don't want to cut corners and cheapen our price just to put a product out there. So that makes sense. Yeah. I'm totally on board. And I believe you get what you pay for and your yeah. cookies have a premium price, but they're premium cookies. So I, I think right. it's 100% worth it. I just want you to know I'm not yeah. like, you know, attacking you or anything. Oh, no. Like I said, you know, and you're not the only person that's asked that. I, I get asked that, you know, quite a bit, but and it's okay. You know, I feel like, you know. Although I don't complain about prices because I understand, you know, like I told you earlier, I understand what goes into it. I get that everybody doesn't understand that and doesn't know what goes into it. So it's a fair question. Tiffany, I asked you everything that I wanted to ask you, but I always like to ask my guests if there's anything I missed or anything you would really like to say. Now's your time to do that. No, I think, you know, you, this was awesome. I enjoyed myself. You're fun. You know, I, I, I thank you so much for having me I think you've asked all the questions and you know everything that you asked I felt like you know conveyed our brand perfectly and got out what we wanted to get out in the message that we want people to receive so thank you for having me of course awesome well Tiffany have a great rest of the day I really appreciate you being on thank you okay thank you so much bye, bye. hey so that was the podcast thank you so much for listening uh, please tell a friend subscribe share us on your social media if you have any questions for me or for the listeners just let me know um, I want to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it.